Run, Eat, Sleep show. Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is with Allison. She has the honor of closing out the uh, this week, uh, closing out February for us. This is the Running While Black series of the Run, Eat, Sleep show. We talked about Running While Black. We talked about uh, the community. We talked about what she's doing with Riot Squad, uh, a leader. Uh, she's a leader in the group, and so they, they, she's talked about ways that they're pushing the agenda forward and running in uh, areas that didn't used to get run in uh, in that in her in her community. So uh, she's spreading the word in the in the positive feel of running by just being an example. She's also a coach. She's also dropped her PR in her marathon by an insane amount. Um, she's just doing really great things, and I really like her now. I've followed her for quite some time, and just getting the chance to talk to her during this episode was very eye-opening, and she's as dope as I thought she was. So please check out this episode, follow Allison, mash that subscribe button to this podcast platform that you're listening to this episode with or for or through. Um, have a great day, and make sure that you follow us on Instagram and uh, Allison as well. So have a good one. Check out the episode. Hope you enjoy it. What's up, everybody? Let's try this one more time. Had some technical difficulties the first time. Today, uh, well, it's the Run, Eat, Sleep show, and this is Tommy Runs. Uh, today, we have Allison on the show. She's a coach for Formula Running uh, Center. She's also a crew leader for Riot Crew, Riot Squad, I'm sorry, in Maryland. And then she's also a run ambassador for Under Armour, physical therapist as well. She's a great person, did the intro before, didn't work out. So here, let's get her back on the show. All right, let, guys, let me know if... Oh, there she is. Tommy, I can't see. Oh, there you are. Hey. There we go. There we go. I was about to be like, yo, I'm about to... Who owns Instagram right now? Like, Facebook? Right, listen, they were giving you trouble the other day. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, that was... The, I think that was just, like, a connection thing because the, the homie lives, like, in somewhere where it probably is, like, the scene of a movie and the hills and all that stuff. So I think he just had some issues. So he when he went outside, it was it was great. So... I think we're good to go. So thank you so much, Allison, for being on the show. Um, thank you so much for dealing with that those few minutes there. But I just want to say, number one, I've talked to just random people in the last week or so ever since I put out that announcement that you were going to be on the show. Um, and everybody's like, oh, Allison's dope. She's a dope person. So you have to live up to that now. Like, it, no pressure. They say you're amazing. Um, I've, I've actually did a little bit of research, too. Um, so I have some questions for you, but I really just wanted to start off with, um, it seems like our, our, I started later in the running, uh, game too, I guess. I started at 32-ish or 33, uh, and I understand that you started around 30, 31. So okay. can you just talk to me about, you know, like what made you start and like why, you know, what, what happened? What was the, the start so, of all this whole uh, thing? Um, I see my girlfriend on here now, and she's the reason why, Robin is the reason why any of this is happening. Um, so I was a tech. I, physical therapy is a second career for me. I worked at HR and decided after two years I didn't want to do it anymore. And I took a tech job at a physical therapy center, Kennedy Krieger Institute, and we see patients with spinal cord um, injuries. And there aren't a lot of black therapists um, in, the, in the therapy world at all. Mm -hmm. And I worked at an anomaly. So at the time when I was a tech, there were about six black therapists, and they were all women, um, all intelligent and dope and just amazing women. And I really took wing under Robin, who uh, just... I mean, I can't even describe Robin in words. I thought she was crazy, but I low-key admired her tenacity. She was always out cycling and running and doing all these active things that, you know, I didn't think black women did because I didn't see anybody that looked like me doing these things. And she would always try to get me to do them, and I'm like, no, that's not for us. Yeah, I'm not throwing yeah. my perm out for you. Anybody else, Robin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Um, yeah, so at the time... Everybody I worked with were runners. They all did huge races. I had a few friends that ran Boston Marathon. Oh, yeah. And one thing they loved about Boston was how inclusive it was. And not just for different ethnicities, but for all ability levels. So, mm. again, all of my patients um, have some form of paralysis. And we thought it would be a really good idea if we brought that back to Baltimore. So what we did was we created a charity running team. And the patients who were able to participate did. So we had patients who did... Um, maybe like a 5K with a walker or like mm -hmm. long string crutches, outpatients that couldn't walk, 
We gave them a hand cycle or whatever we could do to get them to the finish line um, is what we did. So that's how I started. And I was not a runner. I did the elliptical. Again, Robin was adamant about making sure I ran. Um, (laughs) She was like, you know, this would be a good thing for us to do. Let's do this together. We can join a charity team. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do the 5K. And this halfway, I can say it because she on here. (laughs) (laughs) This woman told me that I cannot do a 5K. She said, you have to do a half. And I was like, okay, I don't know what a half is. But, um, you know, if you think I can do a half, then then that's what we're going to do. So that was my first race and my first entry into the running world. So I so I when I did my my little bit of research I um you've mentioned Robin a couple times on other interviews and things like that because obviously we all have that a lot of us have that one person that just kind of got us going but for me my the person that you know introduced me to running he's still a good friend of mine but uh it seemed like you said like you you know she really kind of took you under her wing in that beginning part and kind of pushed you and motivated you in all these different ways um so I just want to play something for you, and then just see if this is, if we're, if this fits. Great, um, Allison. This is Robin. I have had the extreme pleasure of knowing Allison since 2006 when we started working together, and I have had the pleasure of knowing her throughout her running journey. I am extremely, extremely proud of of the young lady and the young woman that you have turned into through running. You continue to inspire me even now and just absolutely floor me with the things that you are doing. I see great, great things coming your way and and to keep it up and to always be an inspiration to others. And um, we're always going to have those secret belly laughs that we have about running and getting started and, and all of those things. I am so happy that this journey has proved to be something amazing for you and something that fulfills you. So that was an awkward moment, but I just wanted to make sure. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I just, reason why I wanted, I, reason why I wanted to reach out to her is because like listening to you, a couple of the podcasts, it really seemed like that that was a huge moment in your life where you like you said and one of the things that I went from the elliptical to the road and without some of her um her guidance in that in that aspect I, I don't think we'd you know get to have like the person that we see on Instagram because I've been following following you for quite a bit and you're pretty inspiring to me but I couldn't even imagine you know like the some of the things that you're doing like in Riot Squad and then obviously for the people that you work with on a day-to-day basis so I figured I would give her a call and then it was able to sneak that That's in there. So sweet. She she is she's so sweet and I talked to her today and I know what she is going through um personally. So for her to do that means means a lot. Well, she, she seems like a really she seems like a really cool lady and it was a really cool conversation. And one of the words she said was not she didn't I think she said that she didn't just say no we're not running a five K. She said I think we're we're not paying for no race to run around the That's block once. Said. Yeah. She said we're not two hundred dollars to run around a block is what she said. <laughs> yeah. So no offense to anybody that's out there running five Ks, but you know, Robin wasn't about that life at the moment. She like, let's get out here and do these halves. Um so like so talk to me about that that beginning journey though. Um did I know you said you're you know it started like for more of a chari- not charitable cause, but just to get the people that you're working with kinda out and and have them participate. How much did they play a role you know, in that beginning part to keep pushing you on those days that you didn't really want to go out there? A huge role. I mean, I ask my patients every day to do things that doctors and everyone told them that they can't do. Right. Um, so for me, anytime I'm out, even on the run now, I think about all the times I ask my patients to to sit up for 10 seconds when the most they've done is seven or to to walk when with the one crutch when they're used to walking with two. So every time I'm out on the road, um, and especially doing a long run, and especially doing a race, I always think of how much my patients push themselves for me when I ask them to do something. And I like, how dare I not push myself in the same mm-hmm. way? So how was that? How was that first that first race? Like, I mean, what, that what's was awful. It, it was awful. awful. <laughs> I don't know if Robin told you that she quit. I think she no, quit. No. Like, she left couple, that. Like, after you know normally when a friend 
<laughs> invites you to train for something. They're, they're there with you. They give you all the tips. Yeah. She was nowhere to be found. She left. <laughs> yeah. She left me on mom. I think I pulled up a, a training plan, a hell hitting plan. Not this one, but I'm stubborn. I don't follow plans. So I was just like, oh, you know what? Today, yeah. you know, the plan says five. I think I'm going to do two. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think my longest run, quote unquote run, was like an eight miler, maybe a few weeks before the race. Before um, I, before a half. Yeah, I didn't know. Like to me, mileage is. I mean, you get in the car, thirteen miles is twenty minutes. All right, I'm on my feet. Forty minutes, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. We're good. You know. <laughs> so yeah, I I relate to that because my for, for my first half, um, I'm like yo, ha-, like I just looked up running plans and somebody said Hal Higdon, and then yeah. you know I'm like all right, well we'll do it, but I didn't follow it really either, you know, because I mean it's, it's, at certain times in your like in the beginning it, it was just too early to like yeah. have to follow a plan, um, so like so the race, I mean you said it was terrible, but like. What what do you remember most about like the, you know the worst time in, uh, during that race? But what was like the best time at that moment? In that I day? remember I remember the day before the race going out to buy um, a new pair of shoes. Smart, so I, real smart. Yeah. Right, this was like 20, 2012. So I went and brought Air Max twenty twelve because you know they they were orange and blue, and the shirt was orange. So you know I don't know what was going to happen, but I knew somebody <laughs> was going to take my picture. <laughs> And I was on match. Um, so I remember the day of the race. Um, I think I had, like, water, and I don't even know what I was carrying my hydration thing. Like, again, no concept of anything. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about it was was that I was with all of my coworkers and um, my patients who could do it. So it was, like, really this strong sense of community. And when mm-hmm. I got there, I was just like, wow, there are so many people here. Um, now, granted, there weren't a lot of black people, there, but there were still some. Um, but, I, you know, in my mind, I thought that all runners looked a certain way, white, thin, you know. But when I got out there, I'm like, oh, man, like, there are people of, like, all different sizes yeah. and all shapes. And the fact that I have my coworkers here and the fact that we're doing this for our patients, like, that's just awesome. So the first six and a half-ish, seven miles went fine. <laughs> um, and then my IT band was like, man, we didn't we didn't train for this. <laughs> <laughs> like, we didn't sign up for this. just... It just stopped working. It stopped working about seven. Um, so yeah, it was it was a limp to the end. And what was funny about it is that my coworkers somehow we all struggled through the last like half of that race, mm-hmm. and all of us came through the finish line together, just limping and like, just <laughs> terrible mess. Um, but the feeling I got when I crossed was just like, wow, I did yeah. it. Like I I did I did that. I now I'm not gonna say I ran it because I didn't run the whole thing. But mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I participated in yeah. the half marathon. Oh, pretty awesome. Yeah, and like in the key, and the key to all that is that you, you know, that you you're, you didn't die in the moment, you know. I, I didn't. Because like at certain times, like in the, I'm sh- maybe you 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 relate, but there's if somebody told me uh, six seven years ago or something I was gonna run a half marathon or whatever the whole way through, there's no way that you know. First I'd be like, well, how how far is a half marathon? You know. <laughs> Was that twenty six miles? You know, like you know that thing. <laughs> um, but um, it, it's the, it is really cool finishing, even though you you know didn't finish where you want. So when did you get like? Did that kick you into gear to say, hey, I want to get serious in this thing because I did finish and didn't die, or how did it you evolve to like what we look at today? That didn't kick in until after I um, ran my first full marathon. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a group of girlfriends that, again, talked me... Like, I'm not hard to convince again. <laughs> Apparently. They talked me into doing this race. And I, we, they had the training plan, so they would send me what we were doing the night before. Allison, we're running 12 miles tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Um, but, but because I was new and didn't know anything about mileage or consistency or volume, I would just run whatever they told me to run on Saturday and then be too tired and too sore to run during the week. So I think the highest, my first marathon, I think the highest mileage I got for a month was like 60 miles. So for the when month? race day came, yeah, six, 60 miles for the month. That's it. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. This is what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my first marathon, um, I think I was good until like mile eight or nine. I was cruising sub 10 minute mile pace and then everything just started falling apart. And I couldn't understand why I was doing okay on my trainer runs. Like, my pace was okay. And then when it came to this, like, oh, everything's off. Like, it took me almost seven hours to finish, and I just could not get my mind around it. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to take a course for myself so I learn how to be 
a better runner. So okay. I decided to um, get certified as a coach just for myself. I had no intention on coaching anybody. Well, that's a different, like, I've never heard, like, that, um, you know, somebody's, like, if somebody's, I've just never heard somebody say, I, I, I got certified to be a coach because I wanted to be a better runner. Most people are like, yo, I just, you know, I found a plan or something and ran this plan. What made you, what made you go that way? And then how did, was it everything you kind of wanted it to be and more, you know, in learning? Yeah. Um, because I'm a, I'm a nerd. So I know that there's a physiological reason why I am bonking after mile 10. Um, and I'm not able to complete, like something just didn't make sense. And I just wanted to study and learn more about it. So that, that for me was kind of the ticker just to get more information about it. Um, I did have reservations when I'm starting again, that whole imposter syndrome thing, talking myself out of it. So if anyone's ever done the course, it's kind of hard to get into. And I hemmed it hard a lot about doing it until finally, like, they had, like, one opening that was in Virginia an hour away. And I was like, well, I guess, uh, I guess this is a sign that I should do this. Yeah. Um, now I got there, it was cool because I'm like, oh, well, you know, there's there are other black people, there are other women here. As it turns out, I have something in common with these people, no matter how fast or how slow we're all running. Yeah. So so after you, I mean, so so now that you're certified, right? Um, did did you start getting better running? I, I mean, how long? No, did you... <laughs> no, I hit it. I don't listen. <laughs> so you so you got the certification and you know everything, but then you weren't doing it. <laughs> so I remember Randy was like, you know, I think you would be better if you just ran more and ran slower, and mm-hmm. I was like. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it took me about two years until I finally brought into that philosophy. Um, but shortly after, maybe about a year and a half after I got um, certified, team and training uh, chapter of Maryland reached out to me about being a coach. They are the first endurance um, kind of like charity program of its type. Mm-hmm. So they fall under the leukemia and lymphoma um, umbrella. So they reached out to me, hey, we want you to, you know, be a coach or have somebody over top of you. I'm like, I've never coached anybody before. They're like, this is, you just need to encourage people and, you know, we make the training plans. All you have to do is show up and cheer for people. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I can do that. If yeah. there's, there's anything I can do, I can yeah. do that. Um, but what ended up happening was they, there was no other coach. It was just me. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they said, yeah, you are pretty easy to talk, talk into, you know? <laughs> it was just me. Um, but that was a really great experience, and that's kind of how the coaching thing came about. So, um, so, so, what year did you actually start? What year was that that you started coaching people? I had to be like twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, maybe twenty seventeen. Okay, and then so since then, it's it had. I mean, what kind of? If we could just jump to now, like what? Um, I know you're with Formula Running um, Center. What type yeah. of? What's the difference in those two programs? Like, what are you doing now, based you know, in um, in comparison to what you were doing before? Yeah, so I've coached with team and training, um, and then I also coached with a specialty run store here in Baltimore, Charm City Run. Okay, um, yeah. And those kind of programs, they there's like a head trainer who comes up with the programs. Um, and my job is pretty much to go out and encourage runners, run with them, do whatever it takes to like be and on-day coaching, mm-hmm. assess training plans, do all that. So the difference with where I am now is that I make up everything. I make up a playlist. I make up the 45-minute, a 60-minute, whatever minute um, tremolo session we do. I, I have full control of everything we do, mm-hmm. and that's, I think that's, like, really cool. So what what do you, like, what made you, I mean, because I know you said you didn't do this originally and get the certification for that, but what made you stick with, like, what about coaching made you just continue to do that? Because you could have just gone, you know, back to just kind of coaching yourself or something, but what made you stick with other people, too? I just, I, I love, um, I just love it. I love serving people, and I realize that I'm good at it. I realize I'm good at encouraging people, and sometimes... Um, when I'm like, oh, I'm really burnt out, I'm tired, I need a break, somebody calls me for something, I'm like, mm. okay, this is why I do this. So even when um, sometimes it's too much, I'm reminded that this is not really about me. This right. is about what I can do for other people. So, do you, feel like you, do you feel like you are now a better runner yourself because of you know the, maybe the influence other people may have that you're coaching or some of the issues that you've worked through with them and you kind of apply it to your own, your own life, your own running career? I feel like I'm definitely a more mindful and stronger runner because in, in coaching other people, you have to do research. Like, I, yeah. I have to know my anatomy. I have to be able to tell you what, you know, 
how long you should be able to be I should be able to tell you like these certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so in prepping for other people, it makes me more educated myself about what I should be doing. Okay. And so like just sticking with this coaching vibe, what, um, so, I mean, I have a coach as well and I'm, and I, at this point, like, cause I have like these goals that I want to hit or whatever. So <clears throat> I couldn't imagine, you know, not having one just because I have my own reasons. Right. But if for these people listening or anybody that's listening that doesn't have a coach, what would you say is one of the a few a few great reasons why like an even a, even a runner that just wants to PR um, and wants to get under a five hour or four hour or whatever? What's a what's a couple good reasons why someone should look into getting a coach? Consistency, accountability, um, having someone who can change your training plan when you need to. I think. Well, the runners I coach now are all really just looking for consistency. A lot of them are coming back from injury, and of course, they could pull a plan off the internet. But the internet is not going to be conducive or really good for individual um, individual needs. So it's more about accountability, really, mm-hmm. and consistency. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I mean, like when you talked about the training plan o- online, it's just like. There, I mean, because there's some really good things out there to be to be to follow. Um, and then if you're, you know, been doing this forever, then obviously, you know, you may be able to kind of move your way through it a little bit better. But there's certain moments like when like a coach would be able to say like, hey, I know I know you got this 12 miler today, but, you know, based on, you know, the conversation we had the other day, maybe we'll do like 10 or maybe we'll do 12, but drop the pace a little bit or whatever it is. And it can be it's kind of on the fly instead of it being so, you know, this is what you're doing. Yeah. You know, so I have um, I have a few runners who have gotten burnt out from plans, and even now when we go through our, our training plans and they get burnt out, I'm like, you know what? Just go for a run a day. Leave the well. They don't always like to leave their watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that that whole thing is like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, cause if like, I, all right. if you don't have a watch, if you don't have a watch on, like, I mean, you didn't really run though. You know? Yeah, no, no, you did, you did. You oh, did. No. I mean, it's a little weird because there's not, there's nothing like stop and start. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, just go for, go for a time run. We won't worry about mileage. I, I find it a lot of times taking the pressure off of getting the mileage done in a mm. certain amount of time, um, and just going off of time yeah. kind of relaxes people and, and lets them reset. Yeah, yeah. Like I think uh, a couple times, like if, when I'm after a race, um, you know, to ease back into the next training plan, then all or when I was coming back from a stress fracture, the, all the runs were time were time based instead of um, instead of speed based because I mean you think it, you think it wouldn't matter but something that 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 little switch from saying six miles to running an hour or whatever is just right. so much different. You feel a little more relaxed and you just go out yeah. there. You know it's no pressure. You don't have to hit the six. Just chill out and go. You know, um, but. So like I I got carried away with the with the uh, with that whole thing. But so what's your so right now like I mean obviously, you know Robin had some effect on I think maybe some of your view for for the five k at least in the beginning, because it seems like you went went to half and then to full. What's your like favorite distance at this point? My favorite distance is the marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, least least favorite is five k. I've only raced one of those. Okay, so what what's the, why why don't you like the five k? I just can't figure out how to pace it. It's just like hard and fast. And it's just like kids use it. Cross country kids use it as training and eat you. And my ego, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, don't come out here for training and just and walk and just cruise (laughs) right past me. You know, old people as practice, and I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I like it. But if I, if I had to, if I had to pick a race, not that you asked me. But if I had to pick a race, I think that I, I, I like the half a lot um, because it's like it's if for me, it's like a mix of like the thought process of the marathon and then m- matching some of the speed a little bit of like a 5K. So you definitely have to pace yourself. You know, it's not like you can just go crazy. Um, but at the same time, you, you get to have a little bit of fun in there, too. I think I'd rather run race a, a 10K, though. So I would probably go marathon than 10K. OK, so what, what about the 10K? Is it is just... What about that? Like in a 5K, you know, you still have that speed endurance mixed in, but it's not as, like, overbearing as 5K. So, and if we can, I just, I like I like talking to coaches because, like, it, it definitely, like, helps me and helps other people, too. Um, so what are, like, one of the things that, just a couple things that you see new runners, or just runners in general, like, forget the new runner part, just runners in general do, um, 
what mistakes do you see them that pops up that could be you know cause injury or just you know it it looks like it's gonna work but then you don't PR because of it something like that. Um, I think a lot of runners in general just forget how beneficial base building is in those easy conversational um, runs. I mean, we all love to run fast, but there's a, there's a certain time and place for that. And if you do it too soon, too quickly, you'll you'll end up injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that most of us neglect how beneficial the base building and the easy runs are. Actually, I did Hanson's. I remember. I know you had. Um, Joe and Lance on. Mm-hmm. Are you doing Hanson's too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I love Hanson's. And, you know, the first time I did it, I looked at the speed work and I was like, I'm not doing none of this. Yeah, no way. <laughs> but but I did all of the mileage. I just made it all easy. And I shaved like 90 minutes off of my marathon time. So wow. that just wanted to say how much of a difference just that slow um, anaerobic, I'm sorry, slow aerobic build up really plays a part in like this run. Yeah, and then imagine if you had done the, you know, if you said, you know, I'll do the the, the yeah, workouts too. I can like this. Yeah. Did what I was supposed to do. <laughs> right, and then then you would have so ninety minute PR would have been, you know, a little oh, something. No, ninety two minutes, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so but that's huge though. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, people um, just it, even like not just people, but me, my, you know, me me as well. Like I've done this is I think this I'm doing a, a train block now, and it, this I think this is my fourth. Um, marathon training segment even though i've only run one marathon which is strange um because a couple canceled one canceled because two canceled because of covid one of them i got injured so it was like you know just didn't work out but um people have like a a habit of like as you get fitter you just kind of naturally speed up and you feel like okay yeah this is my new easy um and i like just yesterday i was like trying to i was talking to a friend while i was running like yo i'm just i really want to slow down a bit like it sounds crazy, but you know why not use those easy days? So, like, what's a good like tip for somebody like that just wants to slow it down, but it just is hard because you're used to moving quick. I say like ninety seconds. If you're like addicted to your watch and addicted to looking at pace, at least ninety seconds slower than your race pace, um, yeah. whatever that is on your easy run days, or just run by effort. If you don't want to look at a watch, I say just run off effort because right. you're. Your easy run days are going to vary based on what you've done before, um, what you have coming up. So, right there, that's good. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I am a, I'm definitely a watch guy because I use it though for that same reason. I use it to try to, you know, I use it for when I'm on the speed days, obviously, but then I also try to use it on those on those uh, long runs where, you know, like slow down a bit. You still got you know fourteen miles left today, but you know, there's no reason why you're like yeah, you know, it's seven forty anything. You know what I'm saying? If you're not looking at your watch, if you're not running like 60 to 90 seconds slower, it, or sometimes I'm even run like two, two and a half minutes slower. Um, there are a lot of great runners who run their easy runs two and a half minutes slower. Um, mm-hmm. A girl with them is three of three to four out of ten um, on the rate of perceived exertion scale. Okay, well, I just my head just blew up. So can you let's can we go back a little bit? You got all serious <laughs> on me. Can you can we can you say that again? Again, like in so Tommy the R- R- RPE scale is the rate of perceived exertion. It's just how hard you feel like you're working. Uh-huh. Um, so your conversation paces should be around a three or four out of ten. Um, marathon pace, maybe five to six out of ten. Your VO2 max pace is going to be around a seven, eight-ish out mm. of ten. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, like for a second I'm like, yo, she just got real smart on me and I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> um <laughs> So, um, so what, so let's talk about you as, as the runner again. Um, so as you got faster, um, when did you, can we, what's your, what's your marathon PR right now? Like, I don't normally do that, but what's your marathon PR My right now? My marathon PR in 2019 was a 430, which mm-hmm. for me was huge considering that my first one was like almost seven, seven hours. Seven. So yeah. That was, yeah, so that that's that's dope though. So, I mean, because that's that's huge. That's a lot of time to shave off of, off of a marathon. I mean, because that's the thing about like a marathon. It's it's a very long distance, you know. So it's like um, you can make these big jumps, but do you feel like right at where you are right now? It's how hard is it to get to like now that you've moved three hours lower? How hard is it to continue to keep pushing and lowering that number? I, so I did a trail race. Um... In Colorado, <laughs> you know, I did trail race in Colorado, and I'm only I normally don't do trails because I trip a lot. And my first yeah. trip for this, I tripped, 
and my glutes have not fired the same. So mm-hmm. I've been struggling with like high hamstring glute irritation for like the past two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know what my fastest marathon look like at this point because as we're sitting here talking, my butt is throbbing. Dang. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I like I like trail the thought of trail racing. I did one, um, and I I liked it. Like it was really cool. Actually, I did two, but the first one was really was nice because it had just snow. It was like in January in Michigan. It was wild, but it was just like I saw so many people fall harder than I've ever seen people fall. You know, like imagine going eight thirty pace and then just catching a root, and yeah. and maybe even going downhill at that point. You know. That- that them tree roots they just jump out of you and it take your whole leg off and they don't budge either it ain't like they you know yeah. you think maybe it's not it's not a branch it's a root for sure you know um but yeah so I, I like the concept of them but man they are they can be pretty dangerous you know yeah so. so i lost a lot of strength i lost a lot of um speed i was working towards and now i'm just kind of slowly getting it back but Again, like, the more speed work I do, the more power I need and the more, you know, I have to use my glutes and my hamstrings mm-hmm. fire, which irritates it more, and it just becomes, like, this cycle of yeah. me sitting at... <laughs> L- yeah, L- Les Run says uh, high knees, you know? Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, now. You tell us now. <laughs> like, we're, 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 like, I'm in my basement and she's in a room. We, we don't need it now, you know? Um, but yeah, like, I, I think that they're really cool, but it's just, you gotta be real careful out there. You gotta be, you know, you gotta be ready to go. Um, so, yeah, I know we didn't have less, right. You know, when we did these things, um, so other, so when did you, when did riot squad come into play? Because you are a crew leader right now, right? So after I trained for my first marathon, I think that was 2016, Mm -hmm. um, I trained with a group of women, black girls run it. They ran out of a chapter that was um, maybe 30 minutes north of the city. And it was fun. Like, we had a great time. But they are all married and had kids. And we had to wake up at, like, 4, 4.30 in the morning to go on these runs. And I'm just like, that, that's yeah. fun. I love y'all. But when it was over, I'm like, I don't have a husband or kids. I don't need to wake up this early to go for it. Yeah, no. Um, so I was going through Instagram and I really wanted to run in a city. Like I just love running in a city and I wanted, kind of wanted like a co-ed group. So I was just scrolling and I came across, um, this guy Rob's page and I sent him a DM and I was like, Hey Rob, I see you run a lot in the city. Can I come out? And he was like, sure. And that's pretty much, pretty much how Rise Squad happened. So, so talk to me just about like the, like, you know, the involvement of that and, and like how, how, and how involved you are, um, and the growth of it and the things that it's cha- how it's changed your life. I mean, it kind of, it's a great story, um, but I'd love to see, you know, if people haven't heard it before, I'd love to kind of yeah. rehash that. So, um, my first run out with them, I think I was the only woman and there were three other men and it stayed pretty much like that for a while. And I was trying to think today of like how I even got into like this leadership role, but I think it was just me being consistent. Um, and then telling Rob, what did and what wasn't going to work. <laughs> uh, no, like, we're both Leo, so it, it, it was you, all down and really funny together. Did you, did um, you, hit, you hit him with a, with a bunch of what we're not going to do? <laughs> pretty much. I was like, you know, this is not working. I don't I don't like it, so we're not going to do this. Um, but, yeah, so we have been belly growing since then. And, you know, we're signed by Under Armour. There was a, a marketing rep who, you know, Under Armour is based here in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and she sent us a DM one day. And was just like, hey, I want to come out and run with you guys fine sure she came out and we kind of kept like this loose relationship for about a year and a half maybe two years and i was just like i think i want to take this more seriously so i wrote a proposal um submitted it and we've been um with ua for two years now we just signed one yeah so yeah so it's been amazing just the things that we've um done in the city we've we've gotten some publications and, and runners wrote about how we're not typically running the same routes um and the predominantly, the areas that run is predominantly running. Um, so we've had some 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 applause for the things we do. It's pretty cool. So what? So what? I mean, I'm I'm not 100 percent familiar with the area. Like, so what does that mean um, that you run in different? Right. So um, I don't. When you did your believe in a run talk, mm-hmm. did you meet Robbie? No, I just was on with Tom or Tom. Oh, okay. So Rob. 
Bobby, who also is uh, on Believe in Run staff mm -hmm. and is a member of Fast and Bastards, he is a freelance writer for Runner's World. Okay. And I think they reached out to him and it was like, hey, um, you know, Strava sent us this heat map. So in Baltimore, there's a white L and a black butterfly. And typically, runners stick to the white L and kind of forget about the black butterfly. And the white L is Harbor East, where all of the city dumps their money. So it's a pretty touristy part. The black butterfly is in predominantly, city, uh, predominantly areas that have been forgotten about and neglected. Mm -hmm. um, so runners wrote this, this amazing article on how runners neglect this part of the city. Um, oh, sorry, you froze. Um, yeah, right. so we were we were featured in it just, you know, because we try to stay off of that beaten path. Well, that's the, that's dope. I mean, it's this kind of uh, it doesn't sound like a coincidence though. The naming of them, I'm like, okay, right. Like, well, all right, here we go. You know, <laughs> so yeah, so so you embraced part of the city uh, and ran through it, and so now when as time has passed, you see more you know more runners and clubs coming that that what that way as well. Yeah, um, especially with COVID, there have been so many groups that have started, um, so many run groups that have started on COVID, and we've picked up a lot of members that I can't say it's just off our hard work. I'm pretty sure that a lot of them are have just picked up running in the past year or so due to COVID. So we've seen an enormous amount of growth um, and an enormous amount of new groups that have started in the city. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, probably not all the hard work, but I mean, you guys had to be in position, you know? Um, I mean, there's no, I mean, if you guys were just start, starting like everybody else, you wouldn't have got a ton of, you know, a ton of growth. So, you know, hats off to you guys. I'm, for. I'm being humble. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Hey, so somebody told me that they often have to tell you that you can, it's okay to feel yourself sometimes because you put in hella work. Who said that? Oh, that's sweet. I, I don't know who said that. So Ro I, Rob, I, Rob said that. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rob, Rob does say that a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, yes, yeah, so, I mean, because like, that's the thing, like, I think that, um, one thing, one thing I gotta say about, uh, Lance and Joe from We Run 313 is yeah. they, they'll, they'll say whatever, like, they, if they doing it, we, we, we the biggest, we the best, you know, we the fun, you know, all that, like, so they have no, no worries about saying what, what they feel and about what they, what they've seen happen, you know, but I just think that, you know, like Runwave having you guys on and, and showcasing black, you know, predominantly black uh, run clubs, uh, especially during a time like this, is just so important, you know. And, you know, some of y'all been humble for too long, man. Just say, just say it's dope. You know, y'all doing really cool things, so just keep rolling with it. And because we all watching, and obviously, if you're getting a lot of growth, you're doing the right things, you know. So um, just like, you know, Robin helped you and a bunch of people probably helped me to where we are. That's you to somebody else, you know. So, that's so I think that that's extra crazy, though. So, so do you when you guys as a run club, I mean, do you, or as a run crew, do you guys go to like um, well before COVID, obviously, but when you do you guys go travel to different races together, or how's it? Um, we took a trip to Richmond and ran. Some people were in a half, some people were in a full two years ago, whatever whatever year this is. Um, we've also done. Thank you, Keisha. We've also done a. U UA put together a trail race, another trail race in Killington, Vermont. We did that a few years ago. So we've done some, like, travel races together. We've done quite a number of things before COVID happened. Um, and now we're trying to keep the trying to keep the spirit alive. But, yeah, really proud of the group and how much they've grown and what we've done in this so, time together. So, so since you guys, you know, like, obviously you embraced the, the forgotten side of the of the city, uh, not the side of the city, but that, that area, um... Can you just talk to me about like how you know as you said you picked up a lot of runners in 2020 and obviously in the beginning of the year um, there was a resurgence of uh, of the unrest and the social un, uh, injustice and you know resurgence of Black Lives Matter I mean not that it went anywhere but it was you know brought back to the forefront as it should have been the whole time pretty much but it, it was brought back um, what. What were your thoughts, you know, about that as a group and as an individual, and how did it affect, like, how you moved as a crew through 2020? Um, I think that it hit all of us harder, and it made us more intentional about the routes we chose. So right now we're in the middle of a Black History Month tour, and none of our routes have been 
um, through their white L, they haven't been in predominantly white neighborhoods. They've been all in black neighborhoods. And for the most part, it's to show black people that black people do run and we are out here. And like, I, I want to close today, like none, the run, the run tour is not about us. It's about showing other people that we can do this. We can do it safely. And that health is a priority for all of us right now. Yeah, that's, that's dope. I mean, and do you guys like, uh, internally, um, like, do you guys have conversations about, you know, what what's going on in ways that maybe not you as a group, but just like individuals, like what we all can do to help, you know, push this narrative forward? Because you just don't, like you said on that, you know, when you lined up at the race, even um, it was obviously, you know, diverse in a sense, like you said, like, you know, different abilities, sizes and all that stuff. But it obviously it feels like when I come to a race, if if it's a bunch of black people, it's because I came with them. You know what right. I'm saying? So, like, what? how can we help um, push the, that narrative forward like you guys are doing, other than, obviously, what you're doing by running through different areas and kind of showcasing? Um, just by continuing, I, th- I think the biggest thing is just to continue to show up. Um, because when people see you showing up, it'll make them want to show up. And we have these conversations about, like, what can we do? Like, what? who can we donate to? But I mm-hmm. think the most important thing is that people just see our, see our face and see us still getting after it. Right, like rep- just straight-up representation. Right. Yeah, and and so that's a, representation got got thrown around a lot, you know. Uh, it still is, obviously, and it, it's super important. Like, so I don't want to like downplay that that the word of it. But um, what is rep- What is true representation or the type of representation that you want to see in the running industry? Like, is it just? I mean, what what is it to you when you think representation coming from the running industry? It's. It's not so much of us being seen, um, because we all know, like, diversity in these races. Uh, I mean, you go on a trail race. I think I went to, uh, when I did that trail race in Colorado, there were three black women. Mm-hmm. And we all, it, it was paid for all of us. Like, none of us were there on their own. So there are a lot of factors why some of us don't participate in a lot of these races and mm-hmm. a lot of sports. Um, but for me, representation means unapologetically being in a space it's not just showing up it's showing up how you are mm-hmm. um without apologizing for for anything so i know sometimes i myself before i took this run journey on like i had a perm and i was like you know i don't really feel like i belong but i'm going to show up and now it's just like i'm going to show up and i'm going to fluff my hair i'm going to wear the biggest row and i'm just like this is how i am i'm just going to own this space unapologetically so for me that is what representation means and not asking anybody for anything like i don't need to be a part of your club i'll just i'll just show up yeah yeah so <laughs> we'll, we'll create my own yes yeah, and so uh, on, the, on the last show with rio lake shore we were talking about that a bit when um cause one of the questions is like what what can you know what can some of the you know allies or white folks that's that are listening how can they help um and i think one of the things that came up was like um, obviously there's a lot of you know black run clubs that are starting up or just diverse run clubs in the cities um, and you know mainly minorities um, and it's like yo ju- don't try to like invite us somewhere else you know like if you you see the energy come tap in you know like don't don't like try to say oh I want to do this and come show you know we don't we like where we at you know what I'm saying so come join in and come see what what the energy is all about um, and then go back and have like those conversations, you know, amongst yourselves that matter. They matter a lot as well. I mean, because you know we're good right now, you know, but it's like you need they need to have conversations amongst themselves that um, maybe they weren't having before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I've got, and you know, my white friends have asked me like, "What can I do?" And I'm just like, "I don't, I, I don't know. I, I am concerned with." my black people and I, I know how I can empower black people. I don't know how to tell you to be a better mm-hmm. white person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, that, cause I mean, it's a, I can, I appreciate the, like the question, you know, oh, yes. like it's like, I, you know, I appreciate you even to think to, that that's a thing. Right. But then at the same time, it's like, I can't answer that for you because like I didn't, or we didn't come up with the, the issue. I, you know? I didn't, I don't know how to tell you to fix it because I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so just, Maybe you guys should get with each other like y'all was doing before and then just, you know, and with, with some solid intention, you know, and yeah. but in order to do so, you got to you got you, you got to cross the aisle and come come rock with us and see what people are really about. 
Um, but then, like, so just because uh, I know Under Armour, you know, is so, like, they've been working with you guys for quite some time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of companies uh, that, you know, reacted or needed to react or felt compelled to, which they should have, you know, in 2020 to say something, do something, and be about it, right? Um, but now that at the, at the moment the protesting is over, so to speak, um, what do you what do you want to see from companies because um, outside of Under Armour because they sounds like they were you know riding from the beginning anyway. Um, what do you want to see from from companies in the run space going forward to continue to carry this torch that was lit in twenty twenty. I think that all companies, I mean, nobody's going to get it right 100% of the time. I think that companies are trying, and it's obvious of the companies who have good intentions. Um, I would love to see Ben and Jerry send out their blueprint for whatever it is they do, because Ben and Jerry's got it. Yeah. Wait, you talking about, uh, when you say blueprint. <laughs> yes, Ben and Jerry's wait, got the blueprint when for you, all DEI initiatives. When you say blueprint, I'm thinking like, okay, she said it, she really said ingredients and recipes, because I need to know that too. They got some vegan ice cream that is so wild. <laughs> but sorry, yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, no, Ben & Jerry's has the, the statements that they make, their intentions, the, the, the information that they put out on yeah. their page is just so... I haven't seen a company do it like them, and I would love to see more companies actually be so genuine and so intentional about their what they put out and just their intentions on actually making things diverse. Yeah, I mean, that's tough, though. I mean, because that, that just means to me, like, all I heard was that, like, Ben & Jerry's has some dope people working for them or some dope people, you know, running the company. And you can't necessarily, like, you know, teach that. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. just is what it is. And I think that some of the companies that responded, in, you know, in really strong ways, in our opinions, that's just who they are. And, and, we, and the people that really didn't do so great, then that's just who they are, too. And, and until they... You know, I don't know how to fix it, but yeah. So I think that, um, uh, and then somebody said, and they stand firm, which is missing with some of these other companies. Yeah, uh, they do not waver at all. They don't care who comments under what. They do not waver at all. Um, yeah. Which a lot of companies sometimes backtrack. They'll turn their comments off. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel bad. I know it's I don't feel bad at all for for anything anybody, but I mean I know it's tough because like you said, you know, no one's gonna be. No one's going to do it 100% right, you know. Um, but I don't even know if, I think there's obviously, there's like a cancel culture, you know, and that'll be forever probably. But I don't think that like black folks as, in general, like I'm not speaking for everybody, but do we want everybody to get it right 100% of the time? No, I don't, I don't think we're even looking for companies to get it right 100% of the time. I mean, they, they can't, they can try, but I, I don't think that they can. And honestly, like, should we care that they get it right a hundred percent of the time? Yeah, not really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, cause yeah, it's, it's just we got to be real, and and I think that like anything's better than what it was when everybody was acting like everything was okay, you know? Right. In a brand that hasn't backtracked or made a misstep um, yet, and until we create our own, then this is what you know. This is what it is. Yeah, and I was telling, uh, I was ta- I had a conversation with a brand, um, and, you know, just about this topic, and I'm like, uh, you know, representation to me, like, it's cool to have the pictures, you know, and that representation that you can see, right? But I want to, like, if if companies are, are like, like Under Armour, like take Under Armour, for example, what they did with you guys, um, and this is before it was, you know, asked of people, um, that's that's representation like that's investing into like the black community like directly not like not like hey can you take a picture in our clothes it's like mm-hmm. you know we want that too obviously because we're a company want to make money right but invest into the, like you know small black businesses that may even be your smaller competitor or invest into these run clubs in the area that are actually going to put their money into the future black you know representation of the future black runners and all that good stuff so um, yeah, I think it's it's just a slipper. It's a it's a weird topic, but we just got to keep talking about it because, you know, after Black History Month's over and after twenty twenty is long gone, you know, we still gotta we still gotta talk. So, um, but yeah, so I just wanted to I really wanted to have you on here because, like I said in the beginning, that everyone's talked. You know, they said great things about you. Um, well, I, I hope I 
Well, that's not unfailing anybody's expectations. Well, I mean, you did, well, so <laughs> Rob said Allison is an amazing person and, a value, and is valuable to the running community, and she's done a great job growing Riot and herself. And as an influencer, I still get amazed to uh, to see her do and accomplish all the dope stuff she does. That's so, that's for your friend. So I got. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, like, honestly, like, the reason why I started reaching out was just because I'm like, oh, everybody I said something and they saw your name, they're like, oh, she's dope. Oh, this is going to be great. So I really do appreciate you being on the show. And please keep doing what you're doing um, in your area because everybody's obviously watching. And if, they, if there's one thing that you'd like to say to the people watching this or listening on the podcast, um, what would you want to leave people with? Um, just stick with it. I know these, this past year has been hard, um, but whatever it is you're doing, stick with it and trust the, I think trust the process. I think it, that translates to all aspects of life, not just running. All right, well, trust trust the process. You heard it here first. I mean, <laughs> I, I I love saying trust the process, but like right, right in the middle of the process, it don't feel so good sometimes. It don't. Don't, but that's where you gotta trust it and have the faith of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Listen, yeah, amen. I, when I'm, I'm, all, when I'm on my long run on Sunday, <laughs> I'll be thinking about you, and then I'll be like, okay. Nah, this ain't working. No, this ain't working. <laughs> um, but works like on, on your playlist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's what I need. If you, wait, you said you make playlists. Yeah, I do. I do. I uh, well, I can send you one. Okay, everybody. We got everybody watching this. Go follow her right now. Oh, say your... How do they find you? Say your Instagram name. Uh, Allie Oop. Oh, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll, I'll just... And some zeros and some, and some runs. Yeah. And some runs at the end. Yeah. I'll, if you're watching this or listening on the podcast, I'll make sure I put the link. You definitely have to follow this this woman. Doing great things. Um, she's rising to the top, and she's in the Riot Club. Is is in Riot, Riot Club? What are we talking about? Like, like Fight Club or something. Riot Squad. What's going on with me? Um, yeah, Riot Squad is, is doing great things as well. So make sure if you're in her area, tap in for sure. Uh, if you're not, tap in through Instagram and follow her and keep encouraging her and all that good stuff. Um, all I have to say at this point is make sure that you're listening this st- still is run, <laughs> eat, sleep, and repeat. Thank Thanks, you. Sorry. Have a good one. What's up, everybody? Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. That was a great time. I love Allison. She's really dope. Make sure you go follow her on Instagram. Um, follow Chip Time Running on Instagram so you can see the live or the, the video version of this. And then make sure you follow her and then also fi- follow Riot Squad. Uh, they're doing really great things in their area, as you can hear. So they need to be followed, liked, shared, all that good stuff. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Go follow um, Chip Time Running. And we love you. Make sure that you run, eat, sleep, repeat. Come back next time. We have a real cool guest coming up next.